0: Hello and welcome to WNC Original Music episode 99, the Love Balloon episode, the Names of Allah episode, the Get Smart episode, the Toto episode, there are too many 99 references to continue. This week we have returning Modern Strangers from Asheville, North Carolina, and before I say anything else, I want to let you know they have a new album out. You can find that at their website, modernstrangers.com, or you can go straight to modernstrangers.bandcamp.com and download it. You may ask yourself who are modern strangers? Well, first there's David Rogers. He is the lead singer usually on most songs and also plays acoustic guitar. Then there is Troy Crossley. He is the electric guitar player and sings lead on I'd say the second most amount of songs. Next is Alex Deutsch, who plays bass and sings backup vocals. Finally, there is Courtney Cahill who plays drums and sings occasional lead and backup vocals. Together they are modern strangers, and here they are right now.
1: This is like one song I don't mind saying what it's about because it explicitly. I mean, it's like
0: this is the one David song I did not want to know. It's never good one. <laughs> this is one I didn't want to know what this was about. <laughs> so. already, nah. I with no, David, I'm going to break my rules. David, I support you. David, right. tell us how the song no, is made. I, well, how all right, what is this song about, David?
1: <laughs> <laughs> oh man, I can't do it now. No, um, he's kissed and now he's going to tell. No, all right. So if you're if you're lucky in life, you come across someone at some point who helps you understand things about yourself. You know, you learn things from each other. And uh, this was a song when I was very much head over heels in love with somebody, and uh, I wrote it very specifically for that person. And anybody who's ever met that person or knows that person knows exactly who the song is about. So there's no, there's no metaphor. There's no double meaning. I
0: mean, it's. Straightforward.
2: Fun fact: I like to kiss and tell. <laughs> Just so you know, yeah, big fan with lots of details. Which
0: I was it like fifty fifty, or you're like kissing sixty, telling forty. Mostly uh, telling, actually. Yeah, mostly mostly the telling. telling. Yeah.
1: yeah, that's Courtney.
3: David always tells me this is his favorite bass line that I've ever written.
1: Yeah, so that's that's true. Um, this Which was is the a big compliment. first. This was the first time when. Um, so again, I'd I'd written it very specifically for somebody. I had uh, that was the only audience I had in mind for this song. You know, I didn't really see playing it on stage or anything like that. Up, you know, I, and th- and then you know, as as I played it a little more, I realized, um, you know, this has some potential. So I brought it in and showed it to the guys, and this is the very first time where Alex was putting together uh, his own bass line, and it just really resonated. And I was thinking, man, this guy really knows what he's doing. I had worked um,
3: off of a lot of Jeff's basslines because honestly, again, Jeff is a great bass player and his basslines were pretty perfect for most of the songs. I have like tweaked here and there and made them mine a little bit, but for the most part, a lot of our earlier stuff and the stuff that's on our upcoming record that are Jeff's basslines because they're great, um, and I didn't really feel like I needed to mess with them. Um, but so this was, I think, yeah, the first one after I had learned the initial. Uh, well, I guess 11 songs that were on the record. Then we uh, were doing one of Troy's as well. Um, but this is like one of the first times that we were just doing a new song as a band. Um, and we typically, like, someone will bring something in, usually David, um, sometimes Troy. Occasionally, you know, I'll bring a riff or something. Um, but um, this is the first time that, you know, we were kind of sitting down and writing collaboratively. Um, and I don't know, it's a good song, David. It's It's got a good groove, and so... It was a fun to write a fun bass line for it.
1: Yeah. Absolutely love the bass line and everything else everybody brought to it. So, you know. Can
2: was... I say my favorite part of the song? The bridge. When David's particularly feeling it and he uh he puts a little extra sauce on the bridge and does a uh Avid Brothers style uh <laughs> pause where it's pause, just acoustic pause, guitar and singing. Pause for uh Excited cheers from the crowd. The
3: Abbott brothers have a wonderfully manicured stage show, um, and <laughs> with when, applause breaks. Yeah, and you can tell that like when they write songs, they think about their live show, and there are spots in their songs where you like know it's going to stop, and they say some kind of like, kind of not, either a poignant line or something, just kind of snarky, and then everybody in the audience goes, "I'll move back from the mic for this." Everybody else in the audience goes. And uh, yeah. kiss and tell does in fact have that yeah. part in it.
1: Now, when I wrote it, I had I did not have that in mind at all. But you know, as we started playing it, it it became very blatantly apparent that hey, here's an opportunity to make fun of ourselves. That's
2: right. <laughs> you know? And ask for applause and usually get them. Yeah, <laughs> it's yeah. Also-
1: it is it is actually the only time in the in the set where we actually actively ask for applause. It,
2: <laughs> the just on the uh, Decemberist live album, they have a song where they talk about it's like three or four songs into the set. And you can tell it's a pretty staid crowd. Like, you know, there's kind of warming up and stuff. And he points out that he's like, at every point in the show, there's usually like a footloose moment where the whole place just goes crazy and everyone stands up. And he's like, I think it's that moment right now. Everyone stand up. Yeah. And you can tell the entire theater stands up and goes crazy. So sometimes you have to ask for what you want. Yeah. Hmm. This song is also so... Like when I tell people to be quiet and move forward. I think I say that during this show. Um, <laughs> I,
3: I grew up listening to... People, the audience are... The I said it to the crowd. Oh, okay. Be quiet and move
0: forward. Oh, yeah. I grew up listening to, like, <laughs> different, classic different rock
3: and punk and stuff like that, and I was very much, like, anti-country music for a very long time, um, just from that rock and roll sure. camp. And David, while he's a lot rock and roll, is also a little bit country, and he has slowly started to win me over. And actually, <clears> between you and my my wife, who's from eastern Kentucky and, like, some good 70s country music, I've actually really started to appreciate a lot of classic country, and I think that this song... Has a bit of a country twang to it, and is kind of was planted the seeds to start winning me over to the, I'd say the dark side, but country music's probably the light side, except for all the drinking (laughs) and the and the The shooting each other. Maybe it's the dark side. Yeah,
2: but I agree. I I, my bullet point actually says probably our most jangly slash country tune. Mm. Same page. See, I can't even see the spreadsheet. You and I, man. Same page, bros. Same page.
4: Why, like you used to, all those things roll around in your mind. You just don't know what to make of it, do you? But she's playing along She knows her lines and the part she's been playing She knows you've never felt so far from me
3: She Can Tell is one of my very, very favorite songs. Um, It is...
0: You were very close to doing a spit take just then.
3: (laughs) (laughs) I had to take a sip of beer. I got so excited talking about how much I love She Can Tell. Um, This song uh, really, I think, kind of channels Motown a little bit for me anyway. That's what I think of it. It's really catchy. It's actually one of our, I guess, one of our slower songs, but it's just got a really good groove. And of our slower songs, it's definitely my favorite. I really enjoy the whole general vibe of it. It's just got this warmth to it. And, um, you know, I kind of try to channel a little bit of like that James Jamerson hook kind of thump in it.
2: Yeah, it's got a nice hook where we kind of go to like a four on the floor kind of groove in the middle. Mm -hmm. It is. It's funny. I always think of um, Jack of the Wood when we play this song for some reason. Because we've had several times where we played this song there and it seems to really go over well because it is a good groove. It's quiet. It's not a slow song necessarily, but it's it's a nice sure kind of mellow groove. But then it does turn into like a nice danceable kind of Motowny feel. Mm. Yeah, it's a good one. Troy, thoughts on She Can Tell? She certainly can. Yeah, she can. Mm. She sure can. I like to say this song is for the lovers, but I don't think that's the case.
3: Yeah. <laughs> David won't tell us.
2: Yeah. Mm. I have baby. Um, so he can tell you. So I can't tell what, what songs are about. I don't listen to words. So I often make the mistake of kind of slow-ish, pretty songs assuming they're like love songs but they're often um the opposite
0: dirges yeah yeah
2: so yeah. most of the um my wife made the bad decision of putting me in charge of songs for our wedding <laughs> and so most of the songs that i picked were songs that i thought were love songs but they were almost entirely breakup songs so, Fog, so you yeah. like
3: played white wedding
2: yeah,
1: well, yeah. i mean yeah. So it's uh, got, got wedding or...
2: it's got wedding in the title yeah.
3: yeah yeah
1: so what i what i love about um <laughs> what i love about she can tell is that we all think of it as, like, one of our slow songs, like one of our few slow songs, and the, the fact of the matter is it's not that slow, actually. What is the BPM of each of these songs? <laughs> well,
0: that's <laughs> on a different spreadsheet. Go, okay, yeah. Siri, I'm BPM spreadsheet.
2: We
3: actually did make that spreadsheet when we I went to record have. the album. <laughs> yeah, do, because we I do have a we, BPM <laughs> spreadsheet. Uh, <laughs> we wanted to keep kind of a good live feel, so we didn't want to play to a click. Um, and so in not wanting to play to a click, we did... Um, we started it with a click and we figured out the right tempo using a metronome and then just kind of let it go from there because, you know, I, I think, and we all see it this way, um, tempo is as much of a dynamic as volume and, and I think a little bit of breathing back and forth is actually, you know, makes a song feel more live and more real. Kind of playing to a click, things become a little sterile, so we do have that spreadsheet somewhere.
0: Mm,
5: okay.
3: We do. Spreadsheets, also spontaneous.
0: Spreadsheets, spontaneous?
3: Yeah, also spontaneous, like not playing to a click. Oh Play through the spreadsheet.
5: Yeah. Yeah. yeah.
0: More from Modern Strangers in just a few moments, uh, but I almost forgot to tell you, uh, some of the tracks you're hearing on this episode are from the album by Modern Strangers. That album is called Dangerous Fiction, and it is available at modernstrangers.bandcamp.com, or you can go to modernstrangers.com and find it there as well. It is also streaming on all the major streaming platforms, so make sure to check it out there as well. But it's better to go to Bandcamp and get it, really. Also, don't forget to subscribe to the podcast. You can go to wncoriginalmusic.com or subscribe to the podcast wherever you get your podcast. And also follow us on Facebook and Instagram, YouTube and Twitter. Eh also want to mention that live shows are starting up again depending on where you live and the country or the world. There might be different limitations, different sizes of crowds that are allowed. Definitely make sure you're being safe, but whenever you can, go out and support your local musicians. This is TJ Burns from Cardboard Box Colony. You're listening to WNC Original Music. I'm saying this under threat of violence. Please send help.
4: So you say I'm your rain cloud And I guess that there's some truth to it If I'm hanging here above you Until you bring the sun I'll take what I can get Late at night Dreaming And I wonder What you see. seeing Is the comforting Shadow of a rain cloud Or does the technical Color push the gray Right out And I know sometimes It feels like we get it Alright
2: Raincloud. I love Raincloud. I think I've mentioned this before, but when I play this song, I picture myself in the Saturday Night Live band. For some reason, it has like a very like kind of bouncy, kind of major blues-ish kind of feel to it. Like I picture myself playing drums in the Saturday Night Live band at the end of each episode mm-hmm. when they're just kind of doing like this groove and everyone's mm-hmm. like waving goodnight. That's what I picture when I'm playing the song. Now that you say that, I wish so badly we had a horn section. Yeah, on that song. it yeah. would sound great on this it song. It would yeah. sound incredible, and it would take pressure off me because <laughs> I have a nervous breakdown every time this song comes. My, up my exactly favorite place. thing
3: about this song is Troy Crosley's <laughs> three guitar solos in it. It is,
1: you, you know, originally. Uh, go ahead, please. Oh no, up. I was just gonna say it's three too many. <laughs> <laughs> it's uh yeah, it's it's probably three too few for Ben Many. And uh Ben's the one who really way back um so yeah, I should probably acknowledge a few people. We've we've talked about Jeff Levinson and how amazing he is. He's such a wonderful friend, such a wonderful bandmate. He's a Jeff. Uh, he brought us these together. songs. Yeah, these songs would not be what they are without Jeff's influence. And I mean, there are traces of Jeff Levinson throughout everything that we've done. I still have some in my hair. <laughs> <laughs> Rub it in, buddy. Rub it in. <laughs> you mean the
2: fact he has hair or rub Jeff Levinson in his head Yeah. <laughs> I I it to mean the ladder. Uh, I took it to mean the yeah. ladder. Yeah. Double entendres are better when you explain them, right? Yeah, yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah, sure. <laughs>
1: Sorry. Yeah. So that's a joke because Troy and I are bald. Yeah.
2: <sighs> no. up his spot. Yeah. All right. Two so guys uh, in the room
1: with hats on. <laughs> <laughs> you gotta keep it warm, man. So uh yeah, so so Jeff, we've talked about He's amazing. He's he's just as great as these guys have been saying. Um, ben Many uh, came in. He's he's probably probably the most talented guitar player I've ever played with, and that's not a knock against anybody I've ever played guitar with, including Troy, because he's an amazing guitar player. But uh, but Ben, he's like he's one of those guys that he would come in and uh, and you never knew which version of Ben Many you were gonna get, and uh, it was always amazing. But sometimes it went to some really weird places, and he would inspire us to just kind of. Go off on some weird tangents, and somehow we ended up agreeing to three guitar songs <laughs> <laughs> in that song. So, you're welcome, Troy. It's a tradition that is apparently carried on. The odd yeah. part
2: is, it seems like we could have taken one out. <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's definitely too late now. Is it really? I, like, I, like, I feel like that's, I feel like I that's think, how it's
3: supposed uh, guys, to be. Guys, I think once it's, on the, uh, once it's on WNC Original Music. It's
2: it's up there for it's the famous, ages, so yeah, and it, yeah. it can't yeah. ever can't change after that.
3: that. Yeah, I mean, do you
1: know how many people are going to hear this? That's true. Like 28? So speaking
2: of <laughs> speaking of this, putting this on the record, uh, some of my favorite stories of recording our album is this song. Um, Amos McGregor at Marshall Sound did such a good job on this song, uh, including um, putting drum fills on his own and cello.
3: Yeah, and, the cello was a great touch. Yeah, yeah we think,
1: came back to the studio, and magically, there was this amazing cello part. That's yeah. a, and it's drum fill. Melissa Sunday. Hyman. Well, the drum uh, drum fills I was there for. That was wild. Well, you that were was, there. for That, that? was a yeah. mad scientist yeah. kind of moment there. Yeah, with, I think with I think Amos really Amos. took
2: to Amos really took to this song, and I think he was he enjoyed tinkering around with it. So Melissa Hyman from uh, Moon and You was in the studio doing some cello stuff for something else, mm-hmm. and he he uh, asked her to just put cello on the song. So we came in the next time and he's like, uh, I want to play something for you. You might not like it and we can take it out, but uh, I think you'll like it. And he played, He she did this like three note triad oh, oh, cool. cello part in the middle of the song and it's it awesome. totally makes it. It's awesome. Yeah, yeah it's, it's totally awesome. Cool. Yeah. And then he and David were working on of something else. And Amos, who's also a drummer, uh, put in a complete intro. He said it was missing a little intro lick. So he put in a, his own drum fill, which now every time I play it, And think of him when I do the little lick at the beginning. Yeah,
1: it was an absolute mad scientist moment. You know, uh, Amos is like when he gets in that mode, uh, he gets in like this manic mode where he just has all these great ideas. And a lot of so much of his production ideas live on in the in the album that's going to be released.
4: He's hitting the brakes at all He's got his rights and he'll stick up to you Made it the way, let's do the same But do what he wants and he wants it, please He didn't dream big enough. He'll sell you things you've already got. Red, white, and blue. Send the kettle to the pot. He'll do what he
5: wants, and he wants a say, please.
0: Let's talk about that album real quick. How long you been it's recording? It's our favorite it? subject. Just, Just another absolutely. three more years. That's <laughs> our very <laughs> favorite
1: subject.
2: Ron, we prefer to not talk about how long we've been recording it, but how I mean, much we're excited
0: how about much, it. How much will you be recording? <laughs> we prefer to talk, talk about, about how much we've paid for. Oh, okay. <laughs> Half of it? More no, this
3: is going to be the most expensive album to ever come
2: out of Asheville. <laughs>
3: yeah.
2: It's the apocalypse oh, now of albums. How many songs? Uh, Eleven. Eleven.
3: Three. Okay. Yeah.
2: yeah. Yeah. It's a true full length. Uh, no, we're super excited about this. How many record. songs
0: are already recorded? How many are completed? Not like uh, they're all completed. They're, they're we're all, all The tracking is done. Oh, yeah, we're almost.
2: We're almost done. Wow. We're, uh, the tracking yeah. was the easy part.
3: <laughs> yeah. It was. Well, I wouldn't, well, I wouldn't say that. Uh, <laughs> The initial. Oh, right, track so is, I gotta, wait, I gotta brag. Was it
0: Was I, it one year of recording and then two years of just figuring out the BPM and the order and so <laughs> <like that? laughs> There were a lot of so, spreadsheets I mean, we lost, so, It was adjusting auto. All right, hold on. We no, lost no. the spreadsheet. This is
1: this is the truth. This is <laughs> the absolute truth. I gotta. I gotta. Truth. Take one. I gotta brag on our rhythm section because these guys are beasts. Um, no lie, we went into the studio. We record. We actually recorded twelve tracks. We decided ultimately with the production and. And all the decisions that we'd made along the way, it just made more sense to make it an 11-track album. So it is 11 tracks. Um, but uh, we went in and Tro- uh, Troy, Courtney, knocked out drums for all 12 tracks in a single day. We were all playing live. I was in a different room because I was playing an acoustic guitar and singing. But uh, Troy and Alex were in the same room kind of playing uh, direct in and all of that. And uh, so uh, Troy, uh, Troy, Courtney, Courtney. <laughs> Thank, I've, got a, I've got it written down here. Yeah. Yeah, that, do, need right. name tags? do you need a spreadsheet? Long
2: hair, beard, You Courtney. literally got had it. my name got on it. your shirt. Yeah. I can give you a button. Yeah, I, I do. I do yeah.
1: Courtney. <laughs> um. <laughs> Who's she? <laughs> uh, Courtney went in and uh, totally knocked out 12 tracks like it was nothing I was amazed, and then we turn around and we had so much time left in the session. Amos says, "Hey, why don't we try to knock out some bass um And we go back and we listen to the scratch tracks that Alex had done, and honestly, he only had to punch in like a couple of times. it, yeah. was, it was a small handful of times.
3: I mean, I feel like all the overdubbing I did maybe took twenty minutes, like it was we were both was, yeah, done the first crazy. day
2: right? Rhythm section was done the first day
3: yeah, we, yeah, yeah, we were both done the first day, um so one
0: day for you guys. Two years, 364 days. Yep, yep that's, exactly. that's, that's what years. I'm
1: actually getting at here. Three the, the fact that it's Two taken...
0: 364 days. Okay, well, yeah. Yeah, yeah. The yeah.
1: fact that it's... Plus
0: is plus one. Is th- yeah, all right, when you guys are done with the math, <laughs> I'll right. tell you the rest of the story. So, Wait, hold on.
1: So, here. hold
2: on. So, eat Siri. <laughs>
1: <laughs> yeah, so uh, a single day of recording knocked it out for our rhythm section because those guys are pros, and uh, Troy made about as quick work with his overdubs, actually, and... Uh, you know, but
3: well, and Troy layered a bunch of stuff too, which Amos had some cool stuff like that rotary speaker. Oh and yeah, cool he had like so
2: that. much fun, like old vintage equipment to play around with, like yeah. an old yeah. vintage, like a Leslie rotating speaker that was there, just. So there's fun a
1: fun. roaring guitar part that I know I recorded on. and I'm sure you did too. This old radio amplifier, yeah, you know, it was, yeah. Just but, so it, but so it had cool such a great, had such a great sound, and it got this big roaring loud guitar tone. You know, so. Um, you know, uh, the guy knows what he's doing. Uh, we we hit a few roadblocks along the way, uh, obviously, and at one point we even just decided to kind of shelve it. And uh, Yeah, we
3: probably sat on it for over a year where we didn't do anything or touch it.
1: It was probably even longer than that.
3: Yeah, so that, that's, part, that's part of the reason it's taken so long. Um, and we ended up landing with uh, George Scott um, to finish the mixes and do a little bit more uh, just tracking for a few other things we wanted to tweak. Um, and George is the the keyboard player with Lyric. Um, and he's also just uh, a mastermind, like with a home studio. And he's awesome and, and really awesome to work with, super organized, lots of spreadsheets. He has the best spreadsheets I've ever seen. He has seen. great spreadsheets. Man,
1: is, what, and I've seen some really good spreadsheets. Yeah, super, yeah. I don't super even know impressive. if he's a good
2: engineer, but his spreadsheet game is strong. <laughs> <laughs> so that's, uh, strong. that's
1: Juicebox Studios
2: out in... Yep. Uh, out in Black Mountain, we had done two singles with him yeah. for ninety eight one. Yeah. We did a Christmas song with him, and then a uh, David Bowie cover. And that's
1: really what sp- just just the fact that everything was clicking and and you know like so 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 quick to come together.
2: And that's actually what we it, took it up. It was we, on the shelf. We did right. the singles, we did the Christmas right. song, and then we're like, oh crap, we should really get this record back out. And we you know we enjoyed working with him, so we we kind of just took another crack at it. Yep. But the good news is that almost all of the songs on the record are still in our set. So right. it's not like it's old stuff. It's yeah, still the cornerstone of most of our set.
1: And the other, the other part of that is that uh, we were so busy playing live shows that, you know, it didn't really feel like we took a year and a half off, you know?
2: Yeah. Yeah. So. It certainly didn't feel like, you know, we were just, you know... Don't know, waiting around, you know, we were still keeping plenty busy. Yeah. No, but it's almost done, and we'll release it, hopefully.
3: Yeah, yeah, I'm actually really proud of it. It's sounding really good when uh, we went in, um, the three of us without Courtney, just to do a few other tracking things, um, which actually is one reason I'm glad that uh, it took so long to do, because I am uh, not really a great singer, but I did take some vocal lessons over the summer with uh, Peggy Ratuz, who is awesome. Um, and she really gave me a lot more confidence, and, and gave me some things to continue to work on. So now I actually got to put some backing vocals, like for a harmony, on on uh, the album too. So it was kind of worth the wait there for me to actually get to sing on it. Um,
2: and also, yeah. I think you told me that um, Ibanez came out with the twenty four fret bass. Mine is twenty four <laughs> fret. And so you <laughs> yeah. actually you uh, you made even even higher solo. Yeah.
0: Wow, welcome to
1: fret talk full, on w yeah. On every <laughs> yeah so and and you know the other the other part of that is coming back to it after a year and a half of playing the songs live we've got new ideas about it and some of the ideas that evolved live uh, have actually made it onto the record
0: okay one more time don't forget modern strangers has a new album out you can find that at modernstrangers.bandcamp.com or you can go to modernstrangers.com and there's a lot of other links there to listen to or download the album. It's a really good album. Uh, as you can hear, it took a long time to make and they put a lot of thought and care into it. And also, uh, when you get a chance, check the guys out live. They put on a fantastic live show. Don't forget to follow the podcast wherever you get your podcast, Just search WNC Original Music. You can also go to WNCOriginalMusic.com. You can ask your Alexa or other smart speaker to play the podcast and uh, see if you can find a place that you can listen to the podcast that I don't know about and let me know about it. That'd be fun. Our closing song tonight comes from a band called Black Tar Roses. They are from Plymouth, United Kingdom, my hometown. They're a dark folk Americana band made up of Darren and Sally Long. Dr. John Maddock, Anna Crabtree, and Ian Stewart. You can find them at blacktarroses.com. And here is their song, Idle Hands. Have a good week.
6: But I'd have to agree And I can see old Nick up there under the tree As he curls up his lips and grins back at me His eyes are piercing, they're as black as coal It holds an expression of pain it's skin.
5: That
0: say again five walnut.
5: Oh, that's a five. I thought that said yeah. swell nuts.
0: Swell nuts is a different place. That's a, a was like, strip nuts. bar close to here. <laughs> <laughs>